Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your city upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. And of course, there's no better person to be working and serving, working for and serving. That's Jesus. Hallelujah. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you know what? In this podcast today, that's exactly what we want to talk about. You know, he is looking for you to join him in his labors. So we're going to jump right into the podcast today. And uh, we're going to be talking, really what I'm going to be talking about is the finishing anointing. And uh, you are in a very uh, specific moment in time. Now, that's not by accident. You got to understand he doesn't make mistakes like that. He knew exactly when you were going to be born. In fact, you are in the book of life. Nobody is on the face of the earth, uh, face of the earth without being entered into the book of life. Now, when you're born again, you're entered into the Lamb's book of life. But I'm telling you, uh, he knows exactly when you came into the earth realm. Now, granted, you may be a surprise to your parents, and uh, they may not have known you were coming, but I'm telling you, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords knew when you were going to be on the face of the earth. And the time frame in which you were born Listen, it's, uh, what is it? It's 2021. You weren't born 4,000 years ago. You were born, uh, you know, I don't know how old you are, but you were born, you know, at least probably within the last 100 years. And uh, so this time frame, the timeline in which you were born into speaks to your work, speaks to your assignment. And so we're going to get into some of this. And uh, ultimately, I want to encourage you in the finishing anointing. So you are anointed to finish. And that anointing is coming upon those who are wrapping it up. You know, if you were going to look at the timeline uh, that we have scripturally, the revelation of the timeline is a seven day period. Uh, a day is as a thousand years. So it's 7,000 years, but it's seven days. And uh, we are in the very last remaining moments. Uh, we entered into what the Bible calls the last days. 2,000 years ago. It's a period of time that the Bible calls the last days. Uh, by unction of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit revealed through Peter, and he began to tell everybody, and we've got it written down for, um, for our purposes now, that we have entered into the last days. That was the beginning. The Holy Spirit signaled the beginning of the last days on Pentecost 2,000 years ago. Then by the time we get to Peter, uh, uh, excuse me, Timothy, Holy Spirit is telling us how we'll know when we reach eschatos or the very end, the very furthest point of the last days. And the Holy Spirit is, is giving us uh, in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, giving us the revelation on how we know, how we'll know that we've entered into the very last remaining moments of those last days. So the last days with the last two days, we are in the very end portion, the very last moments 
of the last days. We're in the last of the last, and we're bumping up right against that seventh day or that Sabbath day. A lot of things are happening. Uh, that's beyond the point where I want to go today. But uh, you and I are born right here. And so the time in which we were born speaks to our work. Let's look at this in John chapter 4, verse 37. John chapter 4, verse 37. I'm going to read it out of the New King James. It says this, For in this saying it's true, one sows and another reaps. Verse 38, I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. You have entered into their labors, the Bible says. You have entered. Now, there's a lot of things here. Firstly, we find out that um, Jesus assigns us our work. You don't choose your work. Jesus does. Um, now, that's if you're yielded to him. If, if, if you're born again and you've given your life over to Jesus and he is now not just your Savior, but he's your Lord, he's your master, then he assigns for you your work. We find that out right here in this passage. And uh, he says um, uh, that uh, one sows and another reaps, uh, and another reaps. Verse 38, I sent you to reap. So right here, Jesus is saying, look, I, uh, I'm in charge of your work. I'm assigning you your work, uh, and I am putting you into the labors of another. And they sowed, but your work is going to be reaping. You're going to reap what others have sowed. That's your work. That's part of our work. That's part of our assignment for the time in which we live. Uh, again, your calling and your assignment is from heaven. We've been called into the labors of those who have gone before us. The New Living Translation of verse 37 says this, you know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true, verse 38, I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others have already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Here, very importantly, we see that we're called to the harvest, or we could say it like this, we're called to the end things. We're called to uh, the finish. We're called to a specific place and position and function in the timeline of God's purpose. God's purpose is. Our calling is as much about function as it is about the timing in which we were born. Again, as I've already said, we could have been born a thousand years ago. You and I could have been placed in here 4,000 years ago, but we weren't. We were placed very strategically at a certain point. And Father knew that uh, we would be destined, we would be graced to labor in a particular work that's associated with the timeline in which we entered into the earth. All right, again, very important. When Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, they were at that time only the beginning or the start of the finish. But today, you and I are at the very end moments. Again, you know, people get hung up. And, uh, you know, listen, it just shows your ignorance. Don't, don't be like these people who just talk foolishly, but don't get into the scriptures and try and seek out the answer. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. Ask and it'll be given. But people, you know, they, they get so offended that there's this concept of the last days. 
Well, we entered into the last days at Pentecost. Holy Spirit told us that. And then Holy Spirit began to tell uh, Paul, revealed to Paul, who was writing to Timothy, how you will know when you have entered into the last remaining moments of the last days. Last days is a span of time that has spanned 2,000 years or two days, the last two days of the work week. We are now nearing, very, very close now, to the very end moments of the last part of the time period that the Bible calls the last days. And our work is associated with the time period in which we've been born. He's called us harvesters. We're reapers. There is a reaping of uh, the harvest or a fulfilling, a fulfillment, a fullness of the times uh, that we're associated with. Our work has to do with the harvest. Our work has to do with the end. Our work has to do with the fullness. Uh, our work has to do with the finish. We're finishing or wrapping up what others have begun. And throughout time, God has invited people into the timeline to work, to labor, and to further his purposes along. We just so happen to be at the very end part of his purposes for this day, for this dispensation. And you and I have a particular anointing to be alive, a particular grace for service, uh, which gives us the ability, the know-how, the tooling, if you will, to be about our father's business for this time, bringing about the finish. And uh, let me see here. I wanted to show you something. Let, let me see if I can find it really quick. Um, I wasn't prepared for this, but let's see if I can do it really quick. I'm looking for a particular, well, I wanted to find those particular notes um, where uh, he says in Timothy about eschatos. Okay, well, I can't find it, but uh, what I what I wanted to show you is there in Timothy. Uh, let's turn there, Second Timothy chapter three. He says, "But know that in the last days perilous times will come." Now that's the word eschatos, and uh, uh, know that in eschatos, kalipos will come. So he's talking about a. Um, something that we can be aware of. Holy Spirit said that you'll know that you've entered into the very last portion. So eschatos is uh, a Greek word that was used to describe the last point on a map journey. It was the absolute, uh, it was a nautical term. And so it would uh, was used to describe the very last port on a map journey. It's the very end of the end. It's like the end of the week, the end of the month, or the end of the year. It's the furthest possible point that you can reach. Uh, like if it was, if they were gonna use it in a, as a nautical term here, if they were gonna map a journey from point A to point B, eschatos was point B. It was the furthest mapped point. So Holy Spirit is telling us here that you entered into the last days um, at Pentecost. And over these last 2000 years, these last two days, Holy Spirit finally begins to reveal to us uh, uh, through Paul to Timothy, what to be looking for so you'll know when you're coming upon the very furthest point or the last possible reachable point or destination on this map journey. What map journey? And particularly the last days. And so you and I are living upon the very end of the end right now. 
And uh, we're at least in transitional waters where we've come out of the open sea. We've come out of the largeness or the bigness of the last 2000 years. And now we're in transitional waters coming out of open seas into transitional waters. And we're heading up upon our last uh, port. It's our uh, port of destination. Uh, we've got a guy in our church that was a um, merchant marine for about 15 years. And he, he was telling me that uh, literally uh, there are marking buoys that mark the transition from the open seas into literally what they call transitional waters. And so when you come out of the open seas, there's, there'll be like these marking buoys. Uh, these buoys let, uh, let you know that you've entered into transitional waters. And uh, your port may still be several miles or several hours ahead of you. But once you enter into transitional waters, uh, the captain knows that you may have to maneuver left, maneuver right, speed up, slow down. Transitional waters or maneuvering waters are very uh, strategic waters. You have to be on guard. You know, you've come out of the open, come out of the open seas. You're in a different kind of water now. Now these waters are between the open seas and your port of destination, and that's where we're at. We're at least there now. I don't know how close we are to the final port. It could still be several miles or several hours ahead of us, but we've transitioned now into maneuvering waters. And the Holy Spirit's telling us here that you'll know because it'll be Kalipas, it, uh, Kalipas, it'll be perilous times. And we've entered into different times. Listen, friend, we transitioned. 2020, 2021 were years of transitioning from the open seas into maneuvering waters now. Now that's another message, but uh, just pay close attention to what the Holy Spirit is is uh, telling the church right now, because it's very important that we maneuver these waters strategically, because we're coming upon the last point. We're coming upon eschatos, the very furthest point of the mapped destination. Now listen again. I want to tell you that the letters is written to the church, and uh, Holy Spirit said that we'll be in a period of time called last days. These are the days that the church has been navigating, the last days. You and I have been placed into specifically the work that Jesus has been doing uh, as it concerns these last days. And these days, the day of the church, uh, the church age, uh, the dispensation of grace, these days, this day is coming to an end. All right, so... Um, Again, when Jesus spoke this to his disciples there, um, they were only beginning. In fact, it really didn't even start till after he rose from the dead. That's when their labor really started. That's when uh, they're at Pentecost. That's when we entered into what you and I uh, know as our work. We've been working on this now for a couple thousand years. We're nearing the finish of that same work. We have been placed into the labors of others. And we know from uh, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, what is that, verse 38, 39, 40, or 39 and 40? Those, they, who have gone on before us, and particularly those of us who've been working together in the same day, we've been working together. Let me find it here, right here, Hebrews 11, 39. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect, perfect apart from us. What this is speaking to, the revelation we're getting is that those of us who we are working in the same work, 
even though they've gone on, they have finished their part of the work. Now we've entered into their labors. They're not finished until we finish. We've been working on the same, same project. And until this project is brought to completion, those who have gone on before us, this is the cloud of witnesses. Those who've gone on before us, they're not finished yet. Uh, think of it like this. If it was a baton race, and let's say there were four runners in this baton race, just because somebody handed off the baton to the next runner doesn't mean that they get to go and celebrate. No, because the race isn't over yet. It's not done until the last runner crosses the finish line. You and I are anointed to finish. We're the last runners in, in this thing. And uh, should the Lord tarry, there may be, you know, a few more uh, people that we hand the baton to, but we're, we're that generation, though, of the finish. We're anointed to finish. Somebody said to me once, uh, you're an end-time minister. And I thought to myself, I rarely teach eschatology. Then I realized, wait a second, that's not what the Lord was saying. He was saying, Justin, you're a minister in the end times. We're anointed to minister at the end of an age. Something else very important that we want to know from this passage here in John 4 is there are two distinct parts to the story, the seed time and the harvest. But one plan and one purpose overshadows the generations. Uh, we just read Hebrews 11, 39 and 40. Listen, they can't finish without you and I. Uh, but listen, we can't start um, until we locate the ancient path that they were running on and get on the same track. See, because our labor has to do with entering into their labors. Every generation is asked by the Lord of the harvest himself if they would come and work for him and labor in this singular plan and purpose that he began from the beginning and work in it up until completion. Every generation is asked to take their place in the plan. Father has one plan and one purpose for the ages. Matthew 20, uh, verses 1 through 6, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. Verse 6, and about the 11th hour, now this is speaking to the final moments, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been here idle all day? Now, Jesus asked a particular question here, and I want to focus in on this for just a second. Why have you been standing here idle all day? Now, idle is defined differently, typically, by us than the way the kingdom defines it. We would say that idle refers to inactivity, maybe even lazy. Someone or something that's just sitting around, quote, doing nothing. But that's not how the kingdom defines it. Idle isn't merely inactivity or little activity. Listen to this. Idleness is purposeless activity. Idleness is perf uh, purposeless activity. So you can actually be very busy, very active. You can be doing lots of things, but yet still be judged as idle. I want you to think about this for a moment. You're hard at work. You've studied. 
you've practiced, you've got your tools or whatever, you're busy, you're hoofing it, you're hustling. Jesus comes up to you and asks, why have you been here idle all day? <laughs> you're like, what do you mean? Look at me, look at my degrees, look at my education, look at what I've been doing. Look, I got all my tools. Look, don't you see I'm busy building and doing things with my tools and my degrees and my education and my training. Jesus is basically asking, why haven't you engaged your or the purpose? Listen, your purpose and the purpose is synonymous. Remember, Jesus is asking if you'll come work for him in light of what he's been doing since morning. Now, Jesus is pretty st straightforward. He says to these guys, in effect, this is what he's saying. You've watched me hire people all day. You've watched people come and go all day to the field, and still you are ignorant of my need of your services. All day you've been busy or idle. It's not that they were doing nothing, but they weren't doing, they weren't about the father's business. Jesus is saying all day you've been idle. Did you not realize that your purpose was to come and work for me? Now, I want you to think about that, friend. You know, it doesn't matter how many degrees, doesn't matter how much money you're making. It doesn't matter how busy you look or how busy you believe you are. If you have an engaged father's purpose, you have not yet awakened to your purpose. You've not yet awakened to your work. You might literally be completely ignorant of the work that you're supposed to be doing because you have no clue at all at the time in which you were born. Jeremiah 6, listen to this. Now, this is a um, Old Testament prophet um, that really is speaking to what Jesus was uh, referring to in Matthew. Jeremiah 6, 16, powerful verse. Listen to this, friend. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways, uh, excuse me, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old path. Oh, wow. Where the good way is and walk in it. Then you will find rest. Another word that we could add there is purpose. Then you will find purpose for your souls. He said rest. You'll find rest for your souls. But listen, you're not restful if you haven't found your work. You are restless until you've awakened to your destiny. He said this, or they. this verse went on to say, they responded to the prophet. But they said, we will not walk in it. No, that's not the road that we want. Now, I'm giving you fair warning now uh, that if you haven't been tempted yet, you will be. Tempted to do what? Reject uh, Father's invitation, Jesus' invitation to come work for him because you don't want to go that way. Now, there's a, reasons why, there's a lot of reasons why you don't want to go, go that way, and one of the reasons is, is uh, hidden right here in plain sight in this verse because it's an old way. It's an old way. Listen, they, they said, no, 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 no. That's not the road. That's not the work that we want. This right here is a demonstration of the spirit of modernism. The spirit of modernism. What is, what is modernism? I mean, modernism uh, to modernize is not nece necessarily a bad thing, but the spirit of modernism does this. This is what it does. It is a conscious breaking or cutting of ties with the past. Listen, if you dishonor those before you, 
you cut yourself off from reaping of their labors. See, this is a demonic strategy. Listen, Father has been saying since old times, listen, this is his heart. This is his character. This is, this is his MO, his modus operandi, if you will. He said, look, I want you to find out what I've been doing. Therefore, you've got to find the old paths. You've got to get in the way, the right and appropriate way. You've got to stand in the right path, the old way. Uh, another translation says the ancient paths. You've got to find that ancient path and look for the trajectory. And if you don't find out where I've come from and get on the trajectory, you won't have a clue where I'm going. And the strategy of modernism against you and I right now is to literally reject getting in the old way, taking up on to ourselves someone else's labors in order to find our own work. Now, this is, this is, this is a very deceptive strategy of dishonor that cuts you off not only does it cut you off from the past, but uh, in effect, what it's doing is it's cutting you off from your future. Because until you take up your labors from those who've been before you, you will never find your work. Listen, those of us at the finish have um, uh, the synergy and access to the accumulative momentum of all the generations before us, but you don't step into that synergy. You don't step into that compounded uh you know, exponential, uh, that, that which has been paid forward, if you will, you don't, you don't get access to that. If you don't first get in the trajectory of those who've gone on before you. Now this takes great humility, but if you want to get into exponential, uh, output, if you want to step into the access to grace upon grace, uh, glory upon glory, faith to faith, then you've got to step into the old way, find out the work that he's been doing, and willingly take your place in the labor. When you do that, you'll have access now. We should be working with faith upon faith. You know, they've been developing faith. They've Faith has been developed. You and I should step into that level of faith and go to another level. Uh, there is glory, glory to glory. You and I should step into the glorious demonstrations and manifestations of those who have gone on before us and start at that level and take it to a whole nother level of glory. This is what it means to be anointed to finish. You and I are the reapers. Yes, we're going to be reaping souls, but that's not, that's, that's not the whole of the revelation. You and I are reaping where the past generations have been sowing. What have they been sowing into? The revelation of God's purposes. What have they been sowing into? The ministry of reconciliation. What have they been sowing into? Faith to faith. What have they been sowing into? Glory to glory. What have they been sowing into? Grace upon grace. What have they been sowing into? Demonstration of what? Father's purpose and Father's plans for what? The day of grace, the church age. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to all principalities and powers. Listen, there is an end point to that. It's been developing over time. Uh, Ephesians chapter four talks about that. Um, he gave gifts, Christ's gifts to the church so that we should come what? To the fullness or to the stature. Listen, there's a demonstration of that fullness when fullness is reached. If you look at the pattern in the Old Testament, that when the tabernacle was built, when the work was finished, the glory of the Lord filled it. 
If you look at Solomon's temple, when the work was finished, the glory of the Lord filled it. One of the metaphors of the New Testament is we are God's building. We are God's temple. Well, what's, what's, what's the pattern? When the temple is finished, when the work is complete, the glory of the Lord will fill it. Listen, this is faith to faith, glory to glory, grace upon grace. You and I are reaping. We're reaping. What are we reaping? The fullness of the times, the fullness of the plan, the culmination of Father's purposes for this, these last days. We are, uh, let me say that, we've been placed into the labors of others in order that we may what? Reap where we haven't sown. Our work is reaping the culmination of the labors of others before us. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting, I believe you're getting this in the name of Jesus. So again, what we find out here from Isaiah is that if we don't honor God's beginnings, we'll not be on track for God's finish. This is idleness. If you find yourself outside of God's trajectory, thinking that you are some lone ranger out there, you're not a lone ranger, you're a lone wolf. That's what you are. And you need to come out of that idleness and you need to humble yourself. Go back to the old way and look, he said in Isaiah, look and see what he's been doing. You got to find out what he began, get in that trajectory of his plan and purpose. Then you will awake to your work. We read that passage in Matthew because, oh man, thank you, Father, for your mercy. Jesus, at different points in history, has been uh, working to awaken us to his work, and he's been inviting us to come to his work. But um, uh, we have to accept that invitation with great humility. And uh, again, the spirit of modernism is going to militate against you because it wants to cut you off from your future by causing you to dishonor the past. We don't want to look like that, sound like that. You know, that's old school. Uh, you know, we, we do it a different way now. Listen, listen, listen. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with us uh, finishing Father's work. Remember what Jesus said? This is my food. His food was what? To finish Father's work. Listen, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you sound like. If Jesus today said, look, I want you to sing old songs. I don't want you to wear old clothes. What are you going to do to that? You're going to fight that? See, that's the spirit of modernism. It's militating against you. It's cutting you off from reaping because you can't get into the old way. And the old way is referring to the path. What he began, he's intending to finish. And you've got to find yourself along that trajectory there. I'm telling you, the devil hates this. He hates it. And we're seeing, we're seeing such a demonic devilish strategy of modernism right now, uh, even in our nation, because we're cutting off ties with our founding fathers. Listen, we're only, uh, we're just under 300 years old and already they're cutting ties. Uh, they're saying all that's old. We don't think like that. We don't act like that. We've progressed, right? Progressivism, uh, liberalism. L listen, it's a, it's a demonic strategy. If you cut yourself off from your beginning, you won't be on track for your finish. If you cut off your roots, you're not going to produce the intended fruit. You got to be really watchful, friend, that you don't let the devil cut you off from your root just because something's old or it sounds old or it looks old. Oh, man, I could just minister on that right there. And that'll set so many people free.
but I believe you're getting the spirit of what I'm saying. So again, we've addressed that. Um, uh, we've addressed what Jesus asked some people earlier. Why are you idle? You're busy and you're active, but why are you purposeless? Jeremiah chapter five, Jeremiah five. Now we were in Jeremiah six, but go back to Jeremiah five in verse 23 and look at this. So here we find out that there is a people and these people have a defiant and a rebellious heart. They have revolted, verse 23, they have revolted and then subsequently departed. Verse 24, watch this. They, notice, notice, they do not say. All right, so the reason why that they're defiant and rebellious and which has led to this revolt and therefore they've departed now. Now he's gonna give us the reason why this, this is so. They do not say. So all of this, this revolt, this defiance is because of something that they're not saying or they're not meditating on. It says in Jeremiah 5, 24, they do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God who gives rain, both the former and the latter in its season. Watch this. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Notice they're not saying something. They have no meditation of this in their heart. They did not talk about, they did not honor, they did not reverence, they did not meditate. They were ignorant to their reserved spot in time. Listen, because they didn't know that he had reserved appointed places for them in time. This was the revelation that the uh, father was trying to get over to them. He said, look, I give rain, or we can say it like this, I reserve rain for the former and the latter harvest. I reserve rain for those activities in their season. I reserve appointments for the times or the weeks, it says there, of harvest. Listen, they had no concept that um, God has a trajectory, that God begins a thing and then he goes to the end and establishes it, comes all the way back to the beginning and says, hey, follow me this way. They had no concept at all that God is so so, so strategic that he knows the, the end from the beginning. They were so ignorant of the, of the fact that God had reserved special moments, special work, had reserved their labor, had reserve them, we could say even, for experiencing rains that he had reserved at certain points in time. They had no meditation of this at all in their heart. And uh, so they didn't talk about their reserve spot in time. They didn't talk about that because they had no clue or didn't want to uh, have, have, have a clue that he had reserved an appointed place for them in the timeline. And they didn't know that he had reserved a place for them in his work because they didn't care or they didn't want that road. Notice they rejected the old way. A lot of moderns today are totally lost. They're idle because they've rejected the old way. They don't want to do it the way grandma did. They don't want to do it the way pastor did. They don't want to do it the way they did it back in the 30s or the 40s or the 50s or the 70s or the 80s or last week. I don't want to do it the way they did last week. I'm an individual. I'm an individual. I do things my way. I'm sorry. If you're born again, you're, you're going to do things his way. 
We're not born for our own purposes. He's placed us into his labors. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, uh, that doesn't mean, you know, if you're in this place, it doesn't mean that you're defiant, rebellious, but it does mean you need to wake up to the strategy, the demonic strategy against you. Repent of that and get on track. Stop rejecting things just because it's, quote, old. You know how relative that is? You know how subjective that is? Uh, you need to come up above uh, and get up into the heavenly realms where you can have an, an objective perspective at what you're supposed to be doing. You know, I pastor a church, and, uh, you know, we do some, some, some things that we've been mocked and ridiculed as being old school. Well, listen, I don't care what you call it. As long as we're getting results, we want the anointing. Hallelujah. We're not going to reject something. Uh, we're not going to reject the anointing um, for something that's trendy. Let me see here. I posted something the other day. Let me read it to you. I put this on my Facebook. We're not going to exchange what's anointed for what's popular. We're not going to exchange what's anointed for that which is just simply trending. Listen, a lot of people are cutting off all the ties to the past because they lust after that which is just new, current, trendy. Listen, what's trendy might trip you up. Just because it's trendy doesn't mean it's anointed. Just because it's current doesn't mean God's in it. Just because it may look good doesn't mean it's of God. You got to be really watchful, friend. This is a strategy. And I know I'm, uh, the Holy Ghost is helping you to recognize a very militant strategy to get you off course, out of your work, and into idleness. There's a whole lot of people who are busy, busy, but they're not getting anything done. They're not getting the Father's business done. And, um, all right, so I, I, I understand that you're probably not defiant and rebellious. Um, you're not malicious. It's not intentional. So this isn't a, a rebuke. But I want to give you something as we bring this podcast to a close that will help you make sure that you're on track to finish and finish with purpose. Now, listen to this statement. You must learn the difference between potential and purpose. You must learn the difference between potential and purpose. Listen, if you spend your time chasing and developing your potential, you'll be good at plenty of things, but listen, you'll be judged as idle nonetheless. Jack of all trades, master of none. You ever heard that? Listen, I don't really want to be the word police, but hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to this generation. Never before in history has a whole generation had total access to the knowledge of anything and everything, you know, because of the internet, mostly. My goodness, when I was a kid, we only had uh, the encyclopedias. And I remember when my family bought a set of them. I don't know how, how much it was, hundreds of dollars, if not a thousand or more dollars for this set of encyclopedias. And I loved going through them and looking at the pictures and reading about stuff, you know. Uh, at that time, that was the access we had to, you know, vast knowledge, the knowledge of things. Now we have the Internet. And uh, this is the first time in history, again, that we've had a whole generation that has had total access to the knowledge of anything and everything. And uh, it's, it's the classic case, though, of curiosity killed the cat. 
Now, nothing wrong with exploring, but I believe that by way of the Spirit, a revelation of what, quote, redeeming the times, redeeming the time means to you is coming upon you now. Listen, again, classic case of curiosity killed the cat. Nothing wrong with exploring. But listen, a lot of people have wasted time chasing every little thing that moves and that seems of interest to them. Again, I believe that by way of the Holy Spirit, to those of you who are listening to me now, wherever you are in the nations, it doesn't matter. He wants to awaken you to your purpose. He's inviting you into his work. You're going to come out of idleness and you're going to awake to your destiny and to your purpose. But listen, a revelation of what it truly means to redeem time is coming upon you now. It's working in you now. In fact, to say, I thank you, Holy Ghost, that that's working in me now. I thank you that the wisdom of how I am to redeem time is coming upon me now. It's working in me now in the name of Jesus. Listen, Jesus said in Mark 4, do not say that you have four more months. Listen, you don't have any more time to put off just chasing idle things. Purpose is that which was imparted into you before you were placed into the earth. Purpose. It's in you now. You need to awake to it. It's the thing, the place, and the time you were created for. Listen, purpose is the thing, the place, and the time that you were created for. Remember in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse, verse 5, he's, uh, uh, Jeremiah is getting revelation of this very fact right, right, right here. He found out that the Father said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, I ordained you, or we could say I purposed you, a prophet to the nations. Listen, purpose is the answer to the Lord's prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Purpose is not, listen, purpose is not my will. Purpose is your will be done. So purpose is not my will, but your will. The enemy's greatest strategy of distracting you away from your purpose in place is to distract you with potential. Listen to me, friend. Don't fall prey to one of the oldest tricks in the book. Purpose can very well move you into random. You ever known people and you just thought about them, you're like, wow, that's random. Well, that's, they might know a lot of things. They might have a lot of skills, but they can still be idle or purposelessness. They can still be purposeless. Potential has, uh, can easily move you into random. Potential is the vast ocean of possibility that becomes the anything but purpose substitute. Potential can become the anything but purpose substitute. Potential invests everything into what could be rather than what should be. We cannot remain focused upon potential and discover purpose. We must define purpose as the pathway, constricted, and increasingly narrowed gateway. Listen, we have to define purpose as the pathway uh, the constricted and increasingly narrowed gateway to fulfilling the reason for our existence.
We find purpose so that we can produce purpose. Again, I'm giving you fair warning, friend, that if you embrace modernism, if you embrace that which strategically dishonors the past, you'll never realize and fulfill your true calling, your high calling. You'll never awaken to your destiny and you'll never fulfill your, your purpose. Listen, Isaac wasn't born just because Abraham simply wanted children. David, King David, just didn't become king because he fancied wearing new robes. Joseph didn't just marry Mary because she was the hottest girl in town. Peter didn't just become Apostle Peter because it was the cool title to have. Listen, Paul, what happened to Paul? He encountered purpose himself. God told Paul, stop kicking against purpose. Now, listen, I'm going to close the podcast there. We'll, we'll pick this up in some other episodes. But I want to encourage you, friend, that you are alive right now. You are here on purpose and with purpose. Our prayer today is that you will awaken to that in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. Hey, listen, if we can, if we can agree with you in, in prayer, maybe even specifically concerning this podcast, reach out to us. You can send us an email at hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv or call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. But it would be our honor to encourage you and to challenge you and to pray with you and agree that Holy Spirit will lead you into a place of awakening, awakening to your destiny, your calling, your high calling, your assignment, and your purpose in the name of Jesus. Hey, listen, I want to give a shout out to all of our partners, all of our patrons, those who have uh, helped to support the, podca uh, the podcast financially. Uh, if you would like to join them in helping us get the word out, we're not trying to get our name out, we're trying to get the word out. If you want to help them, uh, by giving a little bit financially. Any gift is tax deductible. Several ways to do that. You can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Or if you're in the United States, you can text the give 84321. That's 84321. Just follow the prompts. Or of course you can snail mail. PO Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Listen, friends, in advance, we say thank you so much for helping us get the word out there so we can help people turn their city upside down. Hey, until next time, friends, be blessed.